Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Heva, and I'm so fucking excited. Number one, I'm not sick anymore. I'm not really. I'm still a little sniffly, but honestly, I fucking sniffle every time it's below 75 degrees. Like, what is that? Does anyone know the science behind sniffling and why we do it? Like, literally, literally, as soon as it's below 75 degrees, my nose is like, oh, got the memo. It starts running. You know, like some people can tell the temperature based on how hard their coconut oil is. Fun fact, coconut oil will be liquid if it's above like 78 degrees, 76, something like that. And if it's below, it'll be fully hard and solid. Some people use that to tell temperature. I can tell temperature via whether my nose is running or not. And listen, I mean, we all have like iPhones and can tell the temperature in other better, more accurate and precise ways. But you know what? Maybe not. Because can we just take a moment to talk about how inaccurate weather forecasting is? Although I should say, I dated a guy who's from Florida. Shout out to Van Guy. I'm sure he listens. (laughs) Biggest fan of mine. I'm sorry. He's like, this man really hates me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I find that so funny. Like, no one else is laughing. But no, like, Van Guy, like, literally hates me. Um, I don't know why. Like, I don't. No, I know why. It's because he thinks, you know what? I'm so sorry. Like, this is the most frantic episode. You can tell I just got over being sick because it's kind of like um when a dog comes in from the rain. You know how like people who have dogs know what I'm talking about. If you have a dog, you've experienced this. When dogs come in from the rain, they go batshit crazy. Like, they, like, they lose their minds. I remember Ozzy, my partner, saw it for the first time when we were dating with my dog, Samantha. And he was like, what is going on? And I was like, oh no, it's a thing. Like when dogs come in from the rain, they lose their minds. Anyway, so I think that's me with getting over being sick. Although I have to say I was like never even that sick. Like I was 97% asymptomatic the entire time, which is pretty sick. But anyway, now that I'm better, I guess I have all the energy in the fucking world. Anyway, I cannot, I cannot, like I'm so afraid that this light is in shot or something. So um, just hold on one second. And I'm just going to fix the light, guys. Okay, it's just going to be one second. If you're watching on video, you'll still see me on camera. So it'll be like a fun time for you. And if you're not watching on video, then, you know, whatever. It'll be fine. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, no, it was fine. The light was never in the frame, so <laughs> sorry for that interruption. Anyway, um, what the fuck was I talking about? Dogs coming. Oh, my animation. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, does anyone know why your nose runs so much? Oh, Van Guy, why he hates me. Okay, if it's your first time listening, just like a brief synopsis of my life over the past three years. So I will we'll go a little further. My entire 20s, I was basically single, celibate, never dating, um, not out of lack of desire or want. I think I had severe unresolved trauma from a guy. Okay, so not my entire 20s. When I was 22, I dated this guy and shit got really, really bad. Like really, like really, really bad. Like like a type of bad that I'm not even talking about to put it in perspective. I'd say even most of my friends don't know how bad it got. Like I I literally just don't talk about it. That's how dark and sad, like to the point where I don't know if this person's alive anymore. Like that's how bad. And then after that, I was single celibate, whatever, until I was 30. And it makes sense because I was so severely traumatized from that experience. I was 22 years old. Like, I went through shit that no 22-year-old should ever have to go through. I mean, like, really, really, really dark stuff. And um, then when I was 30, I... (laughs) Um, started talking to this guy who we called the comedian on the podcast and we dated for a few months and he very severely love bombed me and I was severely anxiously attached and I just like could not behave like a sane person (laughs) at all. And so that relationship ended because I would like fucking lose my mind. Now it happened three times or like two and a half more like because the first time wasn't even that bad. But wait, Wait, no, it happened twice. It happened twice that I like had a full meltdown with him and he just like literally refused to talk to me, even though the day before he was literally crying over how much he loved me and how he would never leave me. And then I was distraught. I was in agony. I like refused to believe that it was over. I was clinging on so badly, hoping he would change his mind. That went on for a few months. And then I accepted that it was over and I tried to meet someone else. It wasn't really happening, but I also wasn't really putting any effort into putting myself out there and trying to meet people. So (laughs) shock, surprise. And then fast forward to summer of 2020, you know, something happened (laughs) and we were all inside and I was like, shit, like this isn't how I want my life to look forever. So I really should start dating. I should get on dating apps, yada, yada. I got on dating apps and then I started dating and I realized that I kind of had no idea what the fuck I was doing because I, you know, had been single for so long and Fast forward to 
me talking with a friend about starting a podcast about dating because I felt like I was listening to a lot of podcasts at, at the time. And some of them were kind of like fun, toxic dating podcasts where it was fun and it was entertaining and it was relatable. And there was a lot of like rules and hacks and like do this and do that and like give the best blowjob so he'll always want you and, you know, play this type of game. And this is how you can hack into their phones and like, you know, just like kind of toxic stuff like that. Or I'd listen to these great health and wellness podcasts that are all about like be your best self and it's like vibrate higher. And it's like, I don't really know what the fuck you're talking about, but it was better for my subconscious. And I was like, there should be something with balance where there's actually really good great advice that's great for you mentally, but also a show that's fun and relatable and funny and, you know, entertaining. And so here we are with the podcast. Why did I give this whole overview? Oh, okay. Fan guy. Okay. So after I started the podcast, I met this guy who we call Ozzy and I was obsessed with him, like so fucking into him. We actually had matched on a dating app like a year and a half before that, but that's neither here nor there. We never met up and then we finally did meet up and I was so fucking into him. So we were seeing each other for a couple of months, like never got that serious because he was going back to Australia after that. And the borders were fully closed at the time. It was a really dark time. Anyway, when he was in Australia, we kind of lost touch and I started dating this other guy, Van Guy. And um, Van Guy kind of gave me everything that I needed at the time. Like one of the things that I wasn't getting from Ozzy was communication and Van Guy was an excellent communicator. Van Guy loved to give a lot of like verbal reassurance, things like that, that Ozzy was just not good at at all. And um, we dated for a few months, like quite frankly, a few months too long because really all that I was trying to do was just numb myself from the pain of what had happened with Ozzy because I really fucking liked Ozzy and I just like didn't understand why or how it hadn't worked out. By the way, my dog is standing outside of the studio. The studio has these like sliding doors that have glass in them, but the glass is frosted. So I can only see a blurred version of her behind it. And she is going crazy behind those doors. I don't know if you guys can hear her, like if the mics are picking it up or not, but she's going crazy, like as though she had just come in from the rain. Anyway, <laughs> so Van Guy kind of was giving me everything that I needed, but um, but ultimately, like he wasn't the guy for me. Like it wasn't the situation for me. And like, quite frankly, I was still kind of like in love with Ozzy. Like that's who I wanted. That's what I wanted all along. Um, even though Van Guy, in so many ways, was like this wonderful person. But, you know, in so many ways also is not the guy for me. But those are things we can talk about at a different time. So I broke up with him and then I started hanging out with Ozzy again just as friends. But during that time when I was dating Van Guy, I worked through a lot of attachment stuff. I took a course on attachment theory and I combined it with other modalities that I knew. And I figured out how to get out of anxious attachment towards secure. And that's really what made me break up with Van guy, because in the past I'd been so incapable of breaking up with guys, even if I knew I didn't like them. I could have like the literal ick. I could be disgusted by someone, but I would still date them because I just wasn't capable of ending relationships. Anyway, so I ended the relationship. I started hanging out with Ozzy, but I had like no intention of going anything beyond friendship because in my mind, Ozzy was like non committal and stuff, and I didn't want to deal with that. Anyway, um, 
I started hanging out with Ozzy just as friends. And then, you know, but like the communication, everything was so different. I think what was really different was I was different. So I was showing up differently and I had very different energy and I wasn't playing games and I wasn't, you know, like trying all these hacks to like make him like me and not like get rid of me and stuff like that. And the end result was <laughs> we've been happily together ever after. No, but really that was like two two and a half years ago-ish, and we're, like, really, really solid still, so it's pretty fucking sick. Anyway, oh, so this is why Van Guy hates me. A part of the story that I've kind of overlooked throughout these years is that Van Guy and Ozzy know each other, and so that's why Van Guy hates me, because he felt like I broke up with him and started dating his friend. Now, Here's the thing. I think if anyone has a right to be mad in this situation, it should be Ozzy, right? Because he dated me first and Van Guy knew that Ozzy and I had had a thing when Van Guy and I were dating. So really, really, I mean, I probably did something wrong, although not really, because I don't think I owed either of these. I don't think you owe a guy that you went out on a few dates with and then stopped seeing anything. And I also don't think you owe your ex-boyfriend anything. Sam, can you please relax? Can you please relax, my love? I know, I know, I know you want to come in. But the thing is, mommy has to earn money. Mommy has to earn money. You think going to fucking like water therapy for dogs is free? You think me spending thousands of dollars a month on your medication? How, how do you think mommy does that? This is how. We need you to relax, baby. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> so like I'm literally on one today. Anyway, um, I don't think you owe your ex-boyfriend shit. I don't think you owe your exes shit. Like, I think you can date all of your ex's friends if you want. Now, I don't think you should. I think that's kind of toxic behavior. Like, I think if you have a desire to be dating your ex's friends, it's a pretty strong indication in my mind that you have anxious attachment because really what you're trying to do is the ultimate fuck you to your ex. Like, otherwise, there are 8 billion people on the planet, right? Eight-ish, eight-ish billion, you can find someone else. That's why you're doing it. Cause like it has the double whammy of getting back your ex. Why the fuck do you think I did a fan guy? Right. I mean, let's be real anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but like with us, whatever, like we were in love. I, but like, I don't like, I don't think I owed Van Guy anything. And I don't really think when Van Ozzy was in Australia not talking to me that I owed him anything. So I'm just going to go out and say I don't think I did anything wrong, although really probably I did a little bit wrong. Van Guy, I th like if Van Guy actually considers himself to be friends with Ozzy and they're not really friends, they just like knew each other. They had a mutual friend that they were both really close with. Then he shouldn't have dated me when he knew that I had dated Ozzy. That's who we're going to blame today. But I, I stand firm in that I think Ozzy has done literally nothing wrong in this dynamic. Sam, my love, can you please calm down? The thing is, I would open the doors and just let her in here. But if she comes in, then she'll want to leave. And I can't just leave the doors open because it affects the sound too much. Anyway, why the fuck are we talking about this? Let's get into the shit for today. OK, we're going to start with the word of the week. Um, I can't remember. I was watching a TV. Oh, <laughs> um, I have two words for this week and I think they're both from Downton Abbey. I'm watching Downton Abbey, by the way. It's okay. 
it's it's whatever it's good it's good I mean I'm still watching it so it's obviously good okay to countermand means to um revoke like revoke an order so an order this is an example an order to arrest the strike leaders has been countermanded a noun would be an order rev what Okay, I don't, whatever. Okay, let's move on from countermand. Um, the other one is miasma. I don't even remember what this one means. I did look it up at the time. A miasma is a highly unpleasant or unhealthy smell or vapor. vapor. A miasma of stale alcohol hung around him like marsh gas. Okay, what the fuck is a marsh gas? <laughs> like, what? But miasma is kind of a sick word. Like I, I, I challenge you to use it in a sentence this week. Like maybe like if you're hungover or something like the miasma from, no, am I even using it right? I can't. Okay, whatever. Let's just get into it because I have a lot I want to talk about today and whatever. Okay. I want to talk about the nervous system. Now, there are a number of reasons why I want to talk about the nervous system, Really, like, I feel like everyone's talking about the nervous system. I feel like it's a really, like, I see, like, resetting your nervous system. Like, oh, like, use this hack to reset your nervous system. I remember I got, like, really fascinated by the nervous system a few years ago. But then more specifically, I'd say a few months ago, my interest got a lot sharper because I realized that a lot of, you know, as I was doing a ton of research on trauma and unresolved trauma and how to work through trauma and things like that, one of the things that I kept coming across is that you really can't work through trauma unless your nervous system is regulated. So I started to become a lot more interested in it. And I remember also trying to get off of magnesium because I was really dependent on this very intense formulation of magnesium, magnesium oxide, to be able to poop. And I really wanted to get off of it and be able to have natural poops. And so I remember um, I like did a ton of research and I thought that it might have been related to the nervous system because like certainly if you're like stressed or things like that, your digestion kind of halts. So like I was really became really interested in the topic. And I remember I would see all these things and I even remember talking about it with a friend. She's like, oh, I saw this TikTok on how to like reset your nervous system. And it was like, look to the left and click and do this. And I was like, what? What kind of weird ass witchcraft is this? And I still see shit like that. I was actually looking through some of my saved Instagram posts and reels and stuff today. And there was one that was like, to reset your nervous system, like, like, and it's like weird ass shit. It's like, hold your left ear while you flick your right finger and then look to the right and then look up and down. And it's like, what? Like, do you, like, are you buying your own bullshit? You know, I wonder about this all the time, like, especially with like tarot readers and stuff like that. Tarot readers, by the way, is what I was trying to say, not Tara. <laughs> like, um, but, um, by the way, how is Tara read? Cause she really seems not okay. Um, okay, let's move on from that. But, um, I just I saw this video of her the other day on a red carpet and it was really concerning. But also you can tell that I'm the type of person who used to have an eating disorder because my first instinct was like, oh, my God, who is this? She looks amazing. <laughs> and 
then all the comments were like, she literally looks like a skeleton. She looks like she's about to die. And I was like, yes, 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 that too. But also like low key, who <laughs> would love to look like her? It's just, it's so fucked up. Like I, I wish the way that I looked at bodies was different, but that is not the topic that we're diving into today. Okay. Nervous system is really trendy. There's a lot of like trendy shit about how to like reset your nervous system or shit like that. And listen, there's a lot of bullshit out there these days. I mean, in every field with everything and when a topic gets really trendy, that's where the bullshit really flies. <laughs> Can you guys hear Sam just fully lose? Like she is trying to find ways to be as noisy as humanly possible on the other side of that door or as caninely possible, should I say? Is that like the dumbest pun you've ever fucking heard? You know, I think puns are the lowest form of humor that there is like if the way that you make jokes is by telling like being punny you're not funny I hate to break it to you but you are not funny okay um <laughs> let's move right along so this week I want to talk about what the nervous system is and what it means to regulate your nervous system, what it means to be dysregulated, the symptoms, yada, yada, yada. I might pull out my phone here and there to refer to my notes because I don't want to fuck shit up, you know? Um, okay, so the nervous system is one of the six systems in your body. And um, some of the other six, I'm not going to list them all because I'm probably forgetting some, but like the digestive system, the endocrine system, that's what controls your hormones, both like your sex hormones and also thyroid hormones hormones, things like that. That's all part of the um, endocrine system. Um, there's the circulatory system. What have I listed so far? Digestive. Let's just, okay, nervous, digestive, circulatory. That's like, you know, your blood moving and shit. Um, and that's it. <laughs> endocrine. Um, and there's two more. What are they? Lymphatic? Is lymphatic its separate system or is lymphatic in with the endocrine? Who knows? Skeletal? Is that its own system or do we just say fuck the rest of the body? <laughs> what the fuck are the six systems? Okay, I'm looking it up. Um, oh, six systems body. Endocrine, immune, lymphatic, reproductive. Okay, that's... End what? No, 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 Sorry, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> respiratory, circulatory, circulatory, digestive, endocrine, nervous. Okay, this is a lot of systems. Anyway, the nervous system is one of them. <laughs> And the nervous system includes your brain, your spinal cord, and the nerves, including the vagus nerve, which you've probably heard about. Because again, it's a really trendy topic, even though it's not like, like, yeah, it's important, but it's not, I, I don't know. It's, it's when you dive deeper into this work, you realize like the vagus nerve hype is a little bit of just social media bullshit you know same as like the look this way and click your tongue four times like is a way of um resetting your nervous system same shit here like it's the vagus nerve is a little overhyped um again I'm so sorry for what sounds like the world ending in the background here it is my dog fighting tooth and nail to enter into this room 
I and the thing is like my heart is exploding like I I want her in here with me I want her with me everywhere like I want her I I wish we were surgically attached you know like I just want to have skin to skin with my dog every minute of every fucking day that's what I would like um do you think I like having to work without her no I wish I could pull up the second chair and have her sit in the chair while I record the entire time but bitch won't sit still so okay anyway Anyway, um, <laughs> so the nervous system's role is really kind of like um, to keep us alive, essentially. It controls a lot of the unconscious processes that go on in our lives. Like, for example, if you were to put your hand on a hot stove, what happens is without you even realizing it, you're going to pull your hand away because the nerves in your body work so fast. So they're just sending that signal and automatically reacting. So that's the type of shit the nervous system does. Really, it's constantly on alert for threat and then it responds to that threat. Sam, enough. Enough. Okay, I mean, she's quiet right this second, but I know she's going to start in two seconds again. Guys, I don't know what to do. Also, I'm never fucking podcasting when Ozzy isn't home because when Ozzy's home, he can at least control her like he can hang out with her. But when it's just me, she fucking loses her mind trying to come in. <sighs> okay, anyway. Um, and even I'm like actually considering just opening the door because at this point it's like which sound is worse, her whining in the background or like the echo that it would cause if I open the door. But the thing is, there are all these wires that I think she would trip over if I do that. So it's just it's OK. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm opening the door. Well, we have a guest here, and this bitch is going to have to stay for the rest of the pod. Hi, hi. And you know what's crazy? Right before recording, I put a bowl of just beautiful beef and chicken pate down for her. I mean, it's canned dog food, but whatever. I mean, just the most scrumptious shit you can imagine. And I purposefully withheld it from her until I was going right into the studio to record. But yeah, that that didn't that did not seem to have worked. Anyway, what was I saying? Your nervous system, it's constantly detecting for threats. And so the way that we used to think of the autonomic nervous system, which is, you know, the part that's beyond your perception, is that there are two states. There's the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So the sympathetic is fight or flight and the parasympathetic is rest and digest. And the parasympathetic is when you're parasympathetic is when you're calm, everything's easy, there is no threat, and that's why it's called rest and digest, because you can sleep, you can digest food, things like that. Your sympathetic is when your nervous system has detected a threat, and so you, the way it's, 
like basically controls how the blood flows to your organs. So it'll cut off blood flow to your digestion and your genitals because your brain decides, okay, there's a threat to my life right now. This is not the time to be fucking. Like this is not the time to be eating. Like we need, we are in the hunger games right now. Like we need to calm the fuck down. Oh my God, she's laying down. She's being so cute. I can't. Um, Like we need to just be on alert. We need to potentially fight a lion. We more likely are going to run away from a lion, things like that, right? And as you can imagine, modern society really has us in our parasympathetic a lot more than what's healthy and what's natural. Because number one, we don't have the types of threats to our lives that we used to have, the things that we evolved with. Like we're not being chased down by lions and tigers and bears anymore. I mean, most of us, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a show called Tiger King on Netflix where some people have been attacked by big cats, but for the most part, we don't have these types of serious threats on our lives the way that we used to. But modern life stresses us out in different ways, and our body still interprets that stress as being a life or death situation. And so a lot of us are just living chronically in our parasympathetic nervous systems. Now, before I want to go on, I do want to talk about polyvagal theory because it really is the predominant theory in nervous system work right now. And it basically, oh, she she wants to leave now. She wants to leave now. She's moving lights around. See, this is why I don't let you in the room. Okay, can you you chill out? Can you chill out for mommy, please? Oh, can you chill out for mommy? Okay, okay. Okay. So sorry, guys. Um, a polyvagal theory, even though, you know, some people would say that it's like not fully proven or things like that. I think the Wikipedia entry for it refers to it as a form of pseudoscience. It is kind of the predominant theory within this space. And it asserts that it's not quite as simple as sympathetic and parasympathetic. It actually says that there are three main nervous system states. And the three main, one is ventral vagal, and that's what we think of as the parasympathetic. So it's your rest and digest state. It's where you feel safe. It's where you feel social. I think it's also called safe and social, whatever. Um, And then there's your sympathetic. So that's your fighter flight, kind of what you already know. And then there's dorsal vagal at the bottom. And dorsal vagal is a shutdown state. And dorsal vagal happens when you are so chronically in your sympathetic that your body just can't anymore. Like it just fully shuts down. It's like, fuck this shit. Like there's been a threat going on for the past fucking five years. I don't give a shit. Lion fucking eat me at this point. You know, <laughs> I'm tired of being hypervigilant for fear of this fucking lion and we just fully shut down. And some people interpret that shutdown as just being like a really cool or chill kind of person or like a very beta type or just like low maintenance or whatever. But it's actually, it's none of those things. It's that you're so hypervigilant, your body literally can't anymore. And so it shuts down. So those are the three main states in polyvagal theory, but there are also three mixed states in polyvagal theory. I'm going to start with stillness because stillness is 
is actually a mix of the two extremes. So it's a mix of ventral vagal and dorsal vagal. Ventral vagal, again, is safe and social. So it's it's you're essentially what we think of as parasympathetic. And dorsal vagal is that shutdown state. Stillness is a combination of the two. And it's a really interesting state because it's kind of a great place to be. It's where you feel safe, but you also feel calm. It's a state that we kind of try to achieve with meditation, and it's the state where intimacy really lives. And then the other two mixed states are mixes between neighboring states. So there's playfulness, which is a mix of ventral vagal or safe and social with sympathetic nervous system. Now, this is my personal favorite state. And it's the state, like think about when you're really, really excited. That's that playfulness state because you're you feel good, like you don't feel bad, like you're happy, like everything's good. But at the same time, you're not like calm. You know, you're excited. You might have butterflies in your stomach. You actually have a lot of the physiological symptoms of, you know, being anxious or being stressed. Okay, Sam, you cannot come in here and then make noise in here too. No. This episode is pure fucking chaos. Like I literally have no words. Like I don't understand how things have gone so awry so quickly into recording. But that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, like when you're, think about when you're really excited, let's say you have like a date with someone that you're really, really excited about. Like I'm thinking of the comedian, right? I knew who the comedian was. Like I stalked him down on social media. When we had our first date, I was excited as fuck because it wasn't just like any first date. It was a date with this like Z-list celebrity that I already knew about and I like really, you know, whatever. So when you're in that kind of place, you have butterflies in your stomach, your heart is racing, your palms might be sweating, not mine, because fun fact, I have a tremendous amount of difficulty um, sweating from my palms. I think that my sweat glands were misplaced into like my face and my head instead of my palms because I sweat a ton from everywhere other than my hands. And it might not sound like a big deal, but it actually causes a lot of problems because I don't have enough grip. So yeah, just like a little fun fact about me. Um, but yeah, so when you're in that state, you have a lot of the physiological symptoms of like anxiety and stress, but they feel good and it's a, it's in a good way, right? So that's playfulness. That's the second mixed state that we're talking about. And then there's freeze. Freeze is a mix of the sympathetic and dorsal shutdown. And this is considered to be the hardest state to be in because you have all of the fears and the anxieties and the worries. And like basically your body has detected a threat, but you also have that like shutdown feeling of being in dorsal vagal, of being in shutdown. So you have no energy to do anything about it. So it's like if you were watching a lion come for you and you were doing and you just you literally could not move. Like think of how shitty that would feel. And some people just feel like that all the time. And people who predominantly are in a freeze mode often tend to have substance abuse problems because they're self-medicating to get out of freeze mode and you can go up or down. So like some people in freeze mode like to use uppers like cocaine, whatever, to like really mobilize and be able to like do something or they might take downers to just shut the thoughts off at least. And so 
Yeah, that's the type of thing we see all the time. Now, I want to touch on attachment theory and the nervous system because they're quite connected. And really, I know I've said this before at some point because it's sounding familiar to me. Maybe it's just sounding familiar because I just wrapped up working on the nervous system course. So maybe I just talked about it there. But essentially, insecure attachment styles live in well, live in states of the nervous system other than ventral vagal. So someone with secure attachment is predominantly in their ventral vagal. And before actually I get to this, I just want to address this. It sounds like ventral vagal is the goal, right? Like the safe and social state is the goal. And that is the goal. But it's important to note that the other nervous system states play a role. Like there is a reason why we have the sympathetic nervous system. It plays a very important role. Like if you actually were to see a lion, you would have to be in your sympathetic. Think of, again, the Hunger Games, right? Even if you haven't read or seen them, you're familiar with the story, I'm sure. Think about that. If you're participating in the Hunger Games, it's not really the right time to be like fucking or pooping or having your period or things like these are just not necessary functions. Like you need to be alert. You need to be sharp. Like you don't need like you're like the fact that your body's goes down on your hunger cues, the fact that your body kind of shuts off your digestion, shuts off your sex organs, um, you have a harder time sleeping. These are protective mechanisms. Like if you're fighting for your life, if you're fleeing a situation, not feeling tired, not being able to sleep is a gift, that's a godsend. You shouldn't fucking sleep if you're trying to run away from a lion. Like it's not the time for a nap, you know? So I just want to be clear that I'm not saying, I think we have this tendency to think of things as black or white, right? Like rest is good. Relaxation is good. Stress is bad. Well, no, like a like you should be feeling stressed if you have an actual real legit stressor. The problem is that in modern society, we are interpreting things that aren't serious stressors as serious stressors. And that is really where the problem comes in. So I just want to make that very, very clear because, because yeah, (laughs) because it's important. Um, Okay, back to the attachment stuff. So if you are someone with a secure attachment, you're spending most of your time in your ventral vagal and your safe and social nervous system state. But the insecure attachment styles are on other rungs of the polyvagal ladder, or you can think of it as they're really in their sympathetic and it shows up in different ways. So someone with anxious attachment is predominantly in their sympathetic nervous system, which makes perfect sense when you think about what anxious attachment is. When you have anxious attachment, you your body really interprets any sort of threat to your connection as a threat to your life. Now, where, what nervous system state are you in when you fear for your life? You're in your sympathetic. So it makes perfect sense. And then think about what you experience as someone with anxious attachment. You're overthinking, you're anxious, your heart is racing, you're worried. All of these things are things that you experience in your sympathetic. 
Now, people with dismissive avoidance, it's very interesting, basically grew up in their sympathetic because people with dismissive avoidance had caretakers that were really, really, really misattuned to their needs and usually were kind of emotionally neglectful, not physically neglectful necessarily. I mean, some of them were, but usually emotionally neglectful. Like they they just could not meet this child's emotional needs. Like they're the type of parents who, let's say if this kid was crying, they'd be like, oh, stop crying or like worse, ignore their cries, things like that. Let them cry it out. Like parents that really could not meet the child's emotional needs, not like out of you know, being malicious or bad people or anything like that. It's actually usually a form of generational trauma. So people with dismissive avoidance tend to have dismissive avoidant children because they have such a discomfort with emotions that they don't know how to deal with other people's emotions. And so then they end up having kids who are the same way. So anyway, these kids are just spending their entire childhoods being in a sympathetic nervous system state because they're just freaking out. Like, why are these people not tending to me? I mean, think about it. Like, what is a very common practice is letting your baby self-soothe or letting them cry it out or whatever, ferberizing, things like that. Think of what that child is experiencing. Crying is the way that they get their parents' attention. They're crying. They can't get their parents' attention. It's the only tool that they have. They're completely fucking helpless. They can't do shit. All they can do is cry. And that crying is getting no results. Eventually, what happens is you shut down. You fucking shut down. I mean, think about if that were you, right? You're in a room. You need something. You want something. Maybe you just want to fucking see your parent and touch them for a second. And the only tool that you have for getting your parents to pay attention to you is crying. And so you cry and they don't respond. You try it again. They don't respond. Eventually you learn my needs don't matter. No one will meet my needs. No matter what I do, my needs will never be met. So why even have needs? I'll just fucking stop. I mean, your body just shuts down. So people with dismissive avoidance tend to be in their dorsal vagal. They tend to really spend a lot of time in that shutdown state. And it really makes perfect sense when you think about it. And it's actually like really fucking sad. Like it's, I think it's a lot more sad than anxious attachment and something that I don't think we talk about enough. Like we spend so much time trying to villainize people with dismissive avoidance as like being fuckboys and being narcissists, which is actually completely factually inaccurate, but that's neither here nor there. But like, you know, like, oh, emotionally unavailable. Yeah, they're emotionally unavailable because their entire childhood has taught them that they shouldn't have emotions. Of course, they're emotionally unavailable. And then people with disorganized attachment or fearful avoidance, as you can predict, bounce around a lot. They're just like constantly dysregulated. Um, so yeah, Now, here is why we want to talk about the nervous system, especially with regards to attachment theory. And there's two primary reasons. Number one, regulating your nervous system can... Sorry, I think I have an ingrown hair. If you're watching on video, that's what's going on. There is, we don't talk about this enough, but there are few things in the world better than ingrown hairs. Like the feeling that you get from 
whatever, like releasing an ingrown hair. It's like popping a pimple, but better because like not only do you get a little bit of pus if it's a good one, but if it's a good one, like have you ever had a good ingrown hair where it's like a fully coiled long ass hair under your skin? So you pop the bump, you get a little pus, and then you get an entire long ass hair that's just curled up under your skin and it comes out and it's just there and you're like, holy shit, like that was results. Anyway, I'm going to put it aside for now. It can be a little treat for when I finish the pod. Um, Okay, so here's why we want to regulate our nervous systems, because nervous system dysregulation wreaks havoc on every aspect of your life. Like think about anything that's wrong. I can probably tie it to your nervous system. Can't sleep? Nervous system. Anxiety? Nervous system. Uh, Fucking overthinking? Nervous system, hypervigilance, nervous system, uh, can't poop, nervous system, have diarrhea, could be nervous system, it could be other things. Um, uh, like, this is a big one that people don't talk about a lot. If you have excess body fat and you've been trying to lose weight and you're dieting and you're exercising and you can't fucking figure it out, you're eating healthy, like, you don't know what the fuck's going on. It's like this layer that won't come off it's probably your fucking nervous system. Regulate that nervous system. The rest will figure itself out. But then like the bigger things are the emotional things. Like personally, when my nervous system is dysregulated, I tend to be irritable. I can be snappy. I can be fussy. I can be, I just get really frustrated and just like, oh, like I get a lot of fight energy. That's my thing. I can be kind of cunty to people. Like I just am irritable. That's my thing. But for other people, it's really different. Some people like just like get so anxious, so fidgety, so nervous, like so just like want to escape situations and things. They don't want to face things head on. Um, Some people just like really feel immobilized, like feel frozen, just feels like they don't know how to handle the situation. And some people resort by people pleasing, codependence, things like that. So Really, like when you think about it, everything we talk about on this podcast, whether it's like you're dating someone who you know isn't right for you, but you just like cannot move on. You can't figure out how to move on. You can't seem to figure out how to walk away or, you know, you're mourning someone who used to be in your life and isn't there anymore. And you just like, again, can't seem to move on or you just want healthy, stable relationships. But for whatever reason, your relationships seem to have a lot of conflict and things just like no matter what you do things always seem to get bad. Like no matter, like you pick fights with people a lot or you just like can't seem to be agreeable or the opposite. You have like an extreme problem with confrontation and you're always avoiding conflict and you're never speaking your needs. Like wherever you lay on the spectrum, regulating your nervous system can help. And regulating your nervous system helps twofold. Number one, if you're regulated, you're much less likely to have the types of reactions that you don't like. So for me, it's irritability. It can be snappiness, things like that. These things happen when I'm dysregulated. When I'm regulated, I can bite my tongue. You know, like I have a sharp tongue, but when I'm regulated, I can bite it Um, and, you know, insert your own personal situation. And like thinking of the anxiously attached person, 
if you're regulated and you're in your ventral vagal, you're not going to be overthinking, even if you have some of the same thoughts. Like let's say you're anxiously attached and a common scenario scenario that I love talking about, like you're seeing someone, it's casual, you're not yet exclusive, and he usually texts you every day, but one day you wake up, he hasn't texted you, he hasn't texted you, he hasn't texted you, you know, hours are going by, you haven't heard from him, and you start thinking, like, what if he's lost interest? Like, what if he's seeing someone else? What if he likes someone else better than me? Like, what this, what that? And you just cannot stop, and you just, it's like consuming your mind, it's taking over, you can't think of anything else. We've all fucking been there. I used to live there. Guess what? That is being in your sympathetic nervous system. If you're in your ventral vagal, you wouldn't have all these thoughts. Now, you might have like a, huh, I usually hear from him. I haven't today. That's weird. I wonder what's going on. But it wouldn't go beyond that. It wouldn't be taking over your life. You wouldn't be spending hundreds of dollars at like fucking Canal Street psychics trying to figure out if this man is your twin flame or not, you know? Like you wouldn't spend all day picking tarot cards being like, oh, I hope I got the lovers or the two of cups. Like, no, that shit wouldn't happen. You just go on with your fucking life. You do your job. You do your schoolwork. You'd meet up with your friends. You'd live your life. Now, there might be part of you that'd be like, That's weird. I wonder what's going on. But it wouldn't be taking over the way that it does. And then thinking of like the dismissive avoidant, right? Like let's say you just are incapable of intimacy with someone and you're always running away from situations and it like you have the best of intentions, but it just seems like you just can't make it work. Well, that's because you're in your dorsal vagal, like you're kind of shut down. You're not in touch with your emotions. You're not in touch with your feelings. You don't really know how you feel about situations. If you're in a regulated state, it would still be a little bit difficult because you have that thing, but you would be able to connect with someone. You could override it, I guess. I guess that's really what I'm trying to say. Even if you do nothing else, even if you do no trauma therapy, even if you don't address anything with your attachment style, if you regulate your nervous system, you can override what you experience as the result of your attachment trauma. But here's where it gets even better. Here's where it gets even more interesting. And this is really why we're here You can only work through trauma to the extent that your nervous system is regulated. And by that, I mean, let's say like there's like a very minor type of trauma that you have. Like let's say one time you were at a zoo and a gorilla started walking towards you. And even though you were from behind a glass casing, it kind of scared you. It's not that deep of a thing. You, you might be able to work through that without like fully regulating your nervous system. But you're not going to be able to work through a lot of the deeper stuff. Like basically the deeper it is, the more regulated you need to be because your body can only show you what you're ready for, what it feels safe enough to face. And if you're in a really dysregulated state, like if you're not in your ventral vagal, then your body's going to be like, shit, this bitch is already not safe. I'm not going to show her that thing that happened in the third grade. Like, fuck, like (laughs) there is a reason why you don't remember it, you know? And that's why a lot of people I see, not in the Blush Academy, but with other work that I do, like I've talked about um, uh, to be magnetic work that I do with... um, 
uh, manifestation stuff. So a lot of that is about working through your traumas. And I'll see a lot of people in like the community group for that being like, well, I'll do these. They have like what they call deep imaginings. It's um kind of like hypnosis-y recordings, uh, really analogous to NRPs if you're in the Blush Academy. Um, but they'll be like, you know, I'll do this session and nothing comes up. Like I have no memories from my childhood that comes up. Or like, you know, I remember my first day of therapy, I was like, oh, my, I had a perfect childhood. Like nothing was ever wrong. Like I have no bad memories. Like I I also like just could did not know how I felt about anything. It's because I was so dysregulated that basically my body's like, nah, it's not safe for her to see these things. Like we have to protect her from it. So the more regulated you become, the more you can access these memories and then work through these memories. So I really recommend, actually, if you're in the Blush Academy, I recommend stopping whatever you're working through right now and do the nervous system course first and then go back because you're going to have a much easier time with this stuff. So that's really why like we regulate our nervous system so that we can be better. We look better. I mean, your skin is going to be better. Your hair is going to be better. Your body is going to look better. Your mood is going to be better. You know, you're going to have a flatter fucking stomach because your digestion is going to be on point all of these things are going to be better, but the biggest thing is the mood stuff. Like you're going to be a more agreeable, a more kind person, but also someone with boundaries, someone who can stand up for themselves, someone who really, I keep coming back to ever since um, we did that episode where I talked about the rules. I keep coming back to chapter one from the rules, which was like, be a creature unlike any other. And I actually feel like that's kind of the premise of this podcast, because that's kind of always been my goal. Like I want to be that bitch. Like I want to be that cool ass girl who's like funny and fun to be around and just like down to earth and like chill, but not chill when it's right. And just, you know, I want to be the best version of myself. I want to look my fucking best. I want to have my body on point. I want to have ab lines. Like I want to poop every day. I want to have my skin glow, but like I want to have fun. I want to laugh with the people around me. Like I want to have strong community. I want to go out and have fun and stay in and have fun and just live that life. I want to make money. I want to have a successful career. And the way to accomplish all of these things starts, it doesn't end, but it starts with regulating your nervous system. Okay. I'm going to end today's show here. And next week, we're going to pick up with how to actually regulate your nervous system. Because I talked a lot about the nervous system and why it's important to regulate your nervous system. But I think you're sitting here being like, okay, bitch, like that's all well and good and cool and fun. But like, how the fuck do I actually do this? And to cover that today, it would just be too long of an episode. So come back next week for how to regulate your nervous system. And um, we're going to close the episode by doing what we do every week, which is gratefuls. So I'm going to say three things that I'm grateful for this week. And as you're listening, I really encourage you to say the things that you're grateful for with me because it's something that actually helps you chemically be a happier person. Okay. I am grateful that I'm going to Miami this week. I'm actually going to Miami tomorrow from when you'll be listening to this. Um, 
my Ozzy, my partner, is down there right now for work. And um, it happened to overlap with when I was putting out the nervous system course. So I was like, this is the perfect fucking time. I want to go down. So I'm going to go down. I'm so fucking excited. Um, let's see. I just burped, by the way. Sorry if you heard that, but... <laughs> At least it's not my dog whining, which was like literally heartbreaking if you could hear it. Um, okay, I am grateful. Uh, I would say for my dog or her health or stuff like that, but I've done it so many times. And again, the key is to not be repetitive and find three new things every time. Oh, okay. I'm grateful that I, this is so niche and random, but there's this one tripod that I have for my camera that I fucking love. And... I I would use it every week for recording the pod, but then a few weeks ago, I used it also for doing some food stuff, and I had to change the height and change the settings, and then when I moved it back to do the pod, I couldn't figure out how I had it set. I'm hoping that I finally got back to it, but it's, it's moved all over the place, and then I had this genius idea. I was like, wait, why don't I just get a second tripod of the same tripod, and I'll keep one for the pod so that way I don't fuck with its height and settings ever. And the other one I'll use for food stuff and other stuff where I can move it around and adjust it. And it's one of the smartest ideas I've ever had in my fucking life. So I'm grateful for that. It was like 35 bucks, like so worth it. So fucking worth it. Um, it's, we're getting very niche, but that's what happens when you try to not be repetitive. Um, okay. And I am grateful Guys, you're going to hate me. Like, this is so stupid, but I'm grateful for this face right here. Like, it makes me so happy. It's an unfinished ceramic, and it has these beautiful specks in it, and it's really rough, and the shape, the, you know, the whatever, the shape. I don't know. I don't know how to call it. Uh, whatever. It's the perfect shade of white, and it has this beautiful, um, not wheatgrass, but it's actually... It's like dried wheat or whatever, or pample grass or something. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but it's really beautiful and it just makes me really, really happy. Um, and in general, I'm grateful for a lot of the vases that I have and just all of the ceramics in general. I just fucking love ceramics. I think they're so beautiful. Okay, we're going to wrap this up because it's getting fucking weird. Um, okay, per usual, rate, review, subscribe. Um, it would be so helpful if you've already done all of those things, or even if you haven't, if you could share this episode in your Instagram stories, it is so fucking helpful for the show. Share it on your TikTok, send it to your friends, just text it to your friends, whatever. It is so fucking helpful to the show. And if, as I was listing some of the things that, you know, <laughs> are indicators that you need nervous system regulation and you're like, oh, fuck, that sounds like my friends. Send this episode to them. It is so helpful to the show. And don't forget about the um, giveaway that we do every month. So basically, if you leave a review for the show, at the end of the month, I randomly select from the people who've left reviews and whoever wins, wins a membership to the Blush Academy where you get access to all of the courses, including the brand new nervous system regulation course, which is truly, truly, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, I think it is the single 
best resource on the in, in the entire world, not even on the internet. I think it's better than any book, any class, any doctor, any professional. I, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. There is not a single resource that is more thorough and better for regulating your nervous system than the Blush Academy nervous system course. And also, if you're wondering, I just want to address this. If you're someone who, like, I generally do recommend the membership where you get access to all of the courses. But if you're not interested in the attachment stuff and the dating stuff and the relationship stuff, then I would just full out buy the nervous system course so that you have access to it for forever instead of getting all the other courses that you're like probably not going to use. Um, that's just my two cents. But for everyone else, I would recommend the membership. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up here. We will talk next week about how to regulate your nervous system. And yeah, that's that. Love you guys. Bye.